Hello and welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. I'm Pastor Eric. I'm the one who records and edits and publishes these podcasts. And I wanted to let you guys know that because of the stay-at-home order, we are recording from our homes. This means, of course, uh, because we had to prioritize some things over other things, and low on my priority list was making sure that we had recording equipment in all of our homes. Uh, That does mean that we are recording on our computers through headsets, so the audio quality is not as good this week as it normally is, so I apologize for that. But I want to let you guys know that we are practicing safe social distance. Uh, Pastor Ben and I had a conversation over Skype, and uh, and it was a very fruitful conversation. It was a very good conversation, so I know you guys will enjoy it. So forgive us for the audio quality this week. Um, hopefully, in the coming weeks, uh, if something changes, we will be able to be back in our uh, in the office and in our recording studio, and we will be able to uh, record there. If not, we will probably continue to record um, on our computer. So just bear with us through the audio issues. Um, You're going to hear where we're in our homes. I'm in my dining room. Pastor Ben is in his uh, basement. And so you're going to hear my kids talking and running around. You're going to hear what sounds like a toilet flushing, but it is not a toilet flushing. It's uh, Pastor Ben's well is pumping water. So you're going to hear all sorts of sounds and noises um, in the background. Um, but just know that we are in our homes and we're recording from there. So love you guys. Thank you guys. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, here we go. Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast. This is happening from my basement. Half of this conversation is happening from my basement. The other half is happening from Eric's living room or dining, dining room. room. Mm-hmm. There we go. We are practicing uh, the stay-at-home order issued by our governor, the governor of Illinois. And so we have to be doing all of our stuff from our house, except for when we're doing specific mission work for our community and our church. And so everything's a little bit different for us, just like everything's a little bit different for you. But during this time, of course, uh, we've been talking about prayer over the last number of weeks, besides our little hiatus last week, to give you an update of how some churches in the area are functioning. And so we're back on the conversation of prayer, and what a better time to talk about deepening our prayer life than in the midst of crisis. And uh, if you're listening and you're not in the state of Illinois, you're probably experiencing a lot of the same things that we're experiencing. Many states are shutting down right now to flatten the curve and to slow the spread of the, the COVID-19 virus. And it's very scary. It, it's very scary for a lot of people who are 60 plus who are in the high risk category, those with underlying conditions. Uh, we have over a thousand deaths in our nation right now and, and obviously many, many more infected. And we don't really know fully what the implications of this thing are. Uh, there's a lot of not only just death, but there's also Things go around from the medical professionals that it can do long-term damage to people even if they survive it. So it's a, a very, very scary thing, like many scary things that happen in our lives. And so during times like this, of course, um, it's so important to go to prayer, to uh, cast our anxieties on God. And so today we're going to do the most appropriate thing we can do is help you guys talk about deepening your prayer life. And so uh, Pastor Eric is with me, as always, our discipleship pastor. 
And uh, Pastor Phil is, is not with us today just because of the technological barriers of getting all of us on the, online together and all those things. And so let's just talk about this idea of, of deepening prayer. And, and uh, first of all, Eric, how do we, I mean, very simply, how do we deepen our prayer life? Yeah, so, you know, like, like most things, um, prayer takes practice. And prayer, maybe more than anything, takes a lot of work to feel comfortable at. And, and I'll just admit, you know, right now that uh, that's, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. You know, uh, it's still uh, a little bit like going to the gym. You know, after a while and you make it a habit and you begin to look forward to it and you begin to enjoy it. But for a while, for a long time, it's it's a, it's work. You know, you have to get yourself there uh, to do it. And so, you know, I'm still in that place. Even after 10 years of taking, taking my faith seriously and, um, you know, trying to pursue Jesus as best I can, um, you know, even after those 10 years, uh, that's that's still difficult for me. So, the way that we deepen prayer uh, from all the people that I've talked to, um, all the people that I've uh, read, um, the way that we deepen prayer is uh, by practice, simply by just grinding it out and getting it done and doing it. So, hopefully today, um, people will get some tools on how to do that and uh, feel a little more confident and and entering into those spaces of prayer. We have another guest on our audience right now. Yeah, you can, you can hear my sons. My sons are walking around by me. So Augustin was wondering who I was talking to. Who is that Augustin? Um, Pastor Ben. That's right. It's Pastor Ben. He's that's pretty good. Most people don't recognize (laughs) me when I'm wearing street clothes. So most of our (laughs) congregation walks past me like I'm, uh, an outcast or something, but <laughs> right now it doesn't really matter. I'm in my basement and no one can yeah. see me and we're not allowed to go out anyway. So no one can see me anyhow. Yeah. So those are, those are good things. I know as we think about prayer, we always look at, at Christ because that's what the disciples did, you know, asking Christ, Hey, how do I pray? Yeah. You know, right. he just had such a, a robust prayer life. It just blew them away. Even though they were people of prayer, even though they grew up praying with their families and things like that as good Jewish guys. And they saw Jesus do something uh, that was so richer and deeper. And they wanted to be a part of that. I guess right now, you know, we talk about the struggle of prayer before we get into some tools that we're about to get. I have found that during this crisis, my patterns are all thrown off. And if you're, you're listening, I mean, it's impossible unless you're probably an essential worker and even then your patterns are thrown off because you're probably utilized a lot more. And I'm good when my patterns are on. You know, I, I can pray and I can read and I can do all those things when mm-hmm. schedule is perfectly designed to connect with God. And even you see Christ, it says he used to get up early in the morning before anyone was around and, and pray. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're working from home, there's no, you know, there's no morning bell for to, to start and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Back to that's school, right. there's no first period. You know, it, it, all those things, it throws off your patterns. And I think that's a real struggle for a lot of people right now, too, yeah. is, hey, maybe I, I did have good patterns. Maybe yeah. I, I was praying, but now I'm working from home or now right. I have this, I'm watching my kids and trying to work, right. and it's just a big, a big mess. So how about, um, despite that, 
I, I think we all know how to fix that. It's just to create healthy patterns. So that's an easy mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But how do we, in, in the midst of that, what are a couple tools we can use to deepen our faith as we create these new patterns or as we um, just know in those moments we desperately need prayer? Yeah, so I, I think that there are kind of two, uh, there, there are two things that I want to talk about today. There's a plethora of them. Um, and the two that we're going to talk about today are using the Psalms to pray, which we've talked about before. And I'm a big evangelist for using the Psalms in prayer. Um, we're going to talk about how you how we can actually use the Psalms in our prayer life. The second one is um, a very old method of reading the Bible uh, called Lectio Divina that includes prayer, kind of spurs us on to prayer. Uh, that simply means sacred reading. So we're going to talk about those two things in detail. But I do want to highlight a couple of options uh, that people can use um, just to to get get their feet underneath them. So the first one would be uh, the YouVersion Bible app. If you just get on your phone and you get to the App Store or the Play Store, whatever you have, uh, and you just search Bible app, the first one that's going to come up is the YouVersion Bible app. And they have, uh, I mean, practically... An, an infinite amount of prayer guides and scripture reading guides. Uh, I've talked about using those in the past. Uh, so people may have been familiar with hearing about that, or they may already have it downloaded in that app. There's some prayer guides and some prayer options. So let that be um, uh, a guide for you. For those of you who are more, maybe a little more tech savvy and want a little bit more interactive experience um, it, with your technology, um, Sorry, with an app in prayer, there's a there's an app called Echo Prayer, where you can actually go in and enter in all your prayer requests, uh, the people that you're praying for, the things that you're praying for. You can type those in, and then you can set a time of how long you want to pray, and the Echo Prayer app will pull those things up randomly, and uh, they will time them out so that you're praying for each of those things an equal amount of time. Uh, so that's another kind of cool app i don't use that one super often um, but i do have it on my phone i do use it occasionally because sometimes it's just nice to be like okay for the next five minutes i'm going to pray this is what i'm going to do and so you can set your timer on the echo prayer app and uh, you can just kind of sit there and pray and it helps you focus that way so those are kind of two uh apps on your phone that i think might be helpful the uversion bible app and the echo prayer app you can go ahead and and grab those um pretty quickly but today we're going to talk about using the Psalms in prayer and uh, sacred reading or Lectio Divina for your prayer life today. Well, why don't you walk us through the Psalms? I mean, I, I the Psalms are beautiful, especially for those who are going through crisis because David does not hold back. Right. And, uh, you know, there's the, I love God. I hate you right now. You know, it's yeah. the back and forth. And it's the just pure, uh, he's so candid. He's so honest. And yeah. I think a lot of us were raised in a, church or at least a church setting where hey when you pray to god you, you gotta say nice things to him yeah. and uh you can't be mad at god but obviously david breaks the mold and david is right. called a man after god's own heart right and, and so a lot of those things that we're taught we kind of need to relearn especially in crisis because if we're taught this way or we think this way or we think that's the only way to be interactive with god is to pretend everything's yeah. okay that's right uh, in moments like this, where some of us are getting laid off and we're not getting paychecks anymore and we're scared, maybe we're sick, or maybe we're just overworked, 
it's like, hey, I'm I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm confused, mm-hmm. and I don't have a lot of positivity to bring to my my uh, prayer life. And so I love yeah. the Psalms because it gives us permission to have the full panoply of emotion and things that happen in human life. So tell us about the Psalms. Yeah, so, well, and you're exactly right. John Calvin called the Psalms an anatomy of the soul, that in them we can find almost almost any emotion that we might have even today. So these are, um, the Psalms are very, very old. They're ancient poems. Uh, they are uh, They are very highly stylized. Uh, so sometimes they can be hard to feel like we can wrap our heads around, um, but they are super important. And I, I think one of the greatest tragedies uh, of the modern church is a failure to adequately know and internalize the Psalms. So I, I really do think that it's it's important for individual Christians and for church communities to spend time in the Psalms and to dedicate themselves to internalizing them. Um, and, uh, and you hear, you know, I, one of my favorite scholars, uh, a guy by the name of G- Jim Nestigan, uh, he is in his twilight years. So he's would certainly be in the high risk category uh, for COVID-19, but he, when someone asked him about his, his Bible reading habits right now, he said, you know, I've spent the last 60 years uh, studying the ins and outs of the scriptures. And right now, all I'm reading is the Psalms. That's all his, him and his wife read. And they just, they pray them together. They, um, they're Lutheran. So they use the Lutheran, uh, from the Lutheran book of worship. Um, I assume, I assume they use the Lutheran book of worship. Uh, they chant them together. They sing them together. And uh, they read them together, and that's all that they do. And he says, at being being an old man has helped him see just how important the Psalms are. And so he actually kind of looks back and says that he neglected them when he was younger. So uh, I certainly want to take his guidance in that. So the Psalms, there's 150 of them. They are broken up into five uh, books of Psalms, and they are pulled from all sorts of different times and places, each, each of these books of the Psalms. Um, there are different categories of Psalms, which we won't get into now, uh, but you're going to find things like praise. You're going to find things like, uh, fear prayed in the Psalms. You're going to find things like anger, you know, exactly like you mentioned, Pastor Ben. And also I think something that's shocking to people is that you're going to find sin in the Psalms. There are times where David or another Psalmist, uh, prays a, a sinful thing. There's one Psalm and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, uh, but he prays that the, the, the babies of his enemies would be dashed against rocks. Like he prays for the death of his enemies' children, which is horrible. That, <laughs> that's a hor- horribly sinful thing to, to pray. Uh, but in that moment, David was so angry that he felt that he needed to pray that to God. He needed to request that, knowing, of course, that God wasn't going to do that. So uh, the Psalms do give us permission to enter into all sorts of different emotional spaces, which is really important in our prayer life. So the Psalms act as, um, if we're going to go with the gym metaphor, maybe uh, this, the Psalms would act like the, like the machines in a gym where the Psalms, any, any particular Psalm only exercises one or two key areas of our spiritual life. Um, So they're pretty precise. They're pretty um, focused in on one or two emotions 
almost all of the psalms um, begin, almost all of them. There are many psalms that are just praise songs, um, but almost all the psalms begin with some sort of fear, anger, uh, terror, uh, what have you, some kind of negative emotion in that terms praise at the end of the psalm. So you enter into the psalm um, and you're exercising a particular area of your emotion or spiritual life with God. Um, and so some songs, some psalms are very short, some are very long. Um, I would encourage, as if people are reading or listening to the psalms, uh, that you read or listen and try to internalize um, them in chunks and not try to, um, you know, don't don't tackle Psalm 119, which is the longest single chapter in the Bible. Um, don't tackle some of the big psalms at, all at once. Kind of break them up and do it that way. But I would encourage people to enter into the space of of uh, praying them every day. So just picking one or two if they're if they're fairly short, or half of one if they're longer, and just begin this process of uh, praying them each each and every day. Yeah, you talked about the psalms being like the machines in the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so obviously in the gym, we have a, a lot of tools and things like that. And I know the natural answer, at least from my upbringing, is going to be, well, if I pray someone else's prayer, then oh, there's right. not, a, not a lot of heart behind it. So, so how would, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but just yeah. to kind of help, help people through this, maybe to release themselves from that. What would you yeah. say to somebody who's saying, hey, you know, this pre-written prayers, whether it's David's or old pastor right. or whatever, a book of prayer, I mean, that doesn't seem genuine. Uh, mm -hmm. So so why would I use something like this? Yeah, so I would, I would just point back to that analogy of using the machines where, you know, if you're using, I don't even, like an overhead press machine, like the, the particular muscle, muscles that that machine is working out, very rarely do we ever take... Uh, are in a situation where we need to take a bar of heavy weight and just get it over our head, right? The actual mechanical and technical motion of the overhead press may not be used that often, but it strengthens us so that when we are in a situation uh, where maybe uh, we, we're needing to use our upper body, we're in a, an emergency situation and we need to... Um, you know, hold something up while uh, someone has to get out from underneath, you know, whatever it might be a tree that's falling or, you know, God forbid, something like that happening. But if we're in an emergency situation, suddenly we're not using that technical motion of the overhead press, but we're using those muscle groups to do some other work. Uh, and I would say that's, that's kind of how the Psalms are. Yes, they are somebody else's words. Um, yes, it is hard to get into this mindset of, praying genuinely with somebody else's words. Uh, we will talk about how, how you can do that um, here in a little bit. But what they're going to do is that they're going to provide you a foundation of language and a foundation of ideas and images. Uh, they're going to give you a foundation of emotions for which you can, in your own prayer life, then uh, practice those things. So it's very few times... Um, are you only going to be praying the psalm itself? The psalm is going to lead you to other to, to other prayer. It's going to lead you to your own prayers, your own, uh, we call it extemporaneous prayers. Um, but this is the foundation to get you the right muscles so that you can use them in your own life. 
Um, and so that's how I would respond to that is that this is a foundation. This is practice. This is a place to get some, maybe we can call it technical proficiency in your prayer. So then you can have a greater prayer life, um, on your own. Some ways too, it's almost honoring to God. If you think about it, right. You know, if you're giving a, a speech to a group of dignitaries or, or anyone really, uh, you know, you probably think about the words you're going to say before right. you say them. You don't just right. grab a microphone and be like, well, let's just see what happens. In fact, uh, <laughs> well, some people do uh, that, but yeah, unfortunately I've been a part of those things before and, uh, they're hard to watch and hard to be a part of. <laughs> so it is, you know, a little bit, I think also a little bit honoring to say, look, I'm going to speak to the king. And if mm-hmm. I'm going to walk into the king's palace, I better have something to say. And, and not that he's not our father. So obviously there's a tension there of his majesty and right. his relationship right. to us and things and there, like that. There's so, tension. So, of course, you can go in there and you could sit on his lap and you could tell him about your day and mumble around and it's fine. But there's also that that reality of, hey, this is the king. And if I'm going to talk to the king, maybe it's pretty honoring to have something yeah. well written and precise and wonderful for him. So we live in both camps. Yeah. I think both camps are definitely uh, utilized, should be utilized within our right. church settings. All right. You talked about... Uh, this, this other idea, too, this idea of sacred readings, why don't you walk us through right. that as well? Yeah. Well, can we—sorry, um, can we back up and do—can um, can I walk you through a psalm? Um, can, we, can we just kind of practice it so I can—so uh, people can kind of hear what this is like? Yeah, I can't physically stop yeah. you. You're not near yeah. me, so you do what you want to do. <laughs> no, no, Can't—so uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, how this might look— uh, in a in a kind of in a practical way. So I'm looking at Psalm 54 right now, um, and I want to give you guys an example of how I do this uh, when I pray the Psalms. Uh, so the first thing that I do when I come to a Psalm, um, especially if it's short, I just read the whole thing, or I, I listen to the whole thing, and then I re-read it or re-listen to it, um, and I do that several times. Like I'll read the same Psalm several times. Um, and especially if it's short, if it's longer, um, I'll read it and we'll talk a little bit more about how to do this later, but I'll read it. And if something, a phrase or, a, or a section of the Psalm kind of grabs my attention, I'll go back and reread that section several times. So we're going to look at the, just the first two verses of Psalm 54. Um, and we're going to practice that, or maybe the first three verses. So this is the first three verses of Psalm 54. God, save me by your name, defend me by your might. God, hear my prayer. Listen to the words of my mouth. The proud have come up against me. Violent people want me dead. They pay no attention to God. So those are the first three verses of 54. What I would do is I would just reread and reread and reread until um, it's it's pretty well internalized. And... uh, almost almost memorized, right? So just kind of get the idea of the rhythm of the words, uh, get the idea of how, you know, the Psalms are poems, so they're actually set up if you're reading them. They're set up like a poem, so they're kind of indented in different places, and you can let those things help you memorize them. And so, you know, I would read it and read it and read it till it's almost memorized, till it's kind of internalized in the moment. I don't have to remember it. I don't have to recall it. Uh, tomorrow, I don't have to like actually have it memorized, but just get it, get familiar with it in the moment. And then what I do is I just take each phrase or each couplet um, or each verse, um, wherever there's kind of a natural break, 
and I then do it in my own words. I say it in my own words. So uh, the first verse is this. God, save me by your name. Defend me by your might. And that seems like an appropriate place to stop. Uh, so I would stop there, and I would then pray that, but in my own words. So, you know, I might be like, God, you um, you are the rescuer. You have promised that you are going to rescue us. You have promised that you um, have saved us through your son. Um, Lord, I ask in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would save me and that you would protect me and sustain me uh, by your strength that you created all things. You sustain all things, Lord, so continue to sustain and defend me. That's the first verse. So I would have read that several times. I would read that verse, and then I would put it in my own words just like I did. Same thing with the second verse. God, hear my prayer. Listen to the words of my mouth. Uh, Lord, at this time, I, you know, I ask that you would hear me, that you would listen to me. Sometimes I feel like you're not listening, uh, but Lord, hear my prayer. I need your help in this moment. That's verse two. So I, I read it, and then I put it into my own words. Verse three, the proud have come up against me. Violent people want me dead. They pay no attention to God. Now, this might be where I need to do some creative work because right now, um, as far as I know, there's no individuals who are seeking my harm or seeking to overthrow, unless there's some sort of coup going on um, in the church that I'm not aware of. That, you know, people we'll, are. We'll talk about that later, but not in the podcast. <laughs> um, you know, so, so this particular petition that David has. Um, the statement to God doesn't quite fit my particular situation, um, but but I can um, kind of contextualize it. So the proud have come up against me. Violent people want me dead. They pay no attention to God, um, especially in the midst of uh, the COVID-19 crisis. I can make this a prayer about the virus, right? That the virus is is seeking people out and it's actually killing many people. And it's uh, for those who are high risk, it's pretty, it's a pretty violent kind of virus. Uh, so then I could pray, Lord, uh, we are, our country and our, in our world are fearful of this COVID-19 disease. Lord, it is, it is trying to um, harm us and it is killing many, um, many of the elderly. And so Lord, I pray that you would protect us from them. Uh, this virus has come up against us, so Lord, keep us safe from it. That would be verse 3. Uh, Psalm 54 is wonderful because it has that shift. So after verse 3, it says, But look, this is verse 4, But look, God is my helper, my Lord sustains my life. Verse 5, He will bring disaster on my opponents. By your faithfulness, God, destroy them. So we could do the same thing there. We could uh, take a verse, take a, one of the sections that there's an obvious break, and then we could put those into our own words about God helping us. That's, there's some praise in there, so you can praise God, um, and then you can pray against whatever it is that is trying to harm you. So that's kind of the pattern of praying the Psalms. Um, take one section of a Psalm, or take if it's a short Psalm, take the whole thing, uh, listen to it, re-listen to it if you like to, to hear it, um, if you do like to read, read and reread it and reread it. Um, almost m memorize it in the moment. Just kind of have the words in your mind and on your lips. Um, and then go section by section to every verse by verse, maybe, depending on where the natural breaks are. And ma make it your own words. 
that's a way to begin um, to pray the Psalms. And you can take one Psalm a day, and you can just take 15 minutes doing that. Um, you can just add that to your prayer life. Um, and that's it's not a huge time commitment, and it's a simple way to begin engaging in the Psalms. And over a lifetime, you'll begin to get a familiarity with them. Uh, you'll begin to... Uh, because if you do one Psalm a day, that's you do the whole Psalms twice a year. So you over, you know, you do that over forty years, you would have gotten the Psalms eighty times. You would you would know them pretty well. You would recognize them when you came up to them. You would have them a uh, little bit more internalized when you came back around to them. So that's kind of a way that we can use the Psalms um, in our prayer life. All right. Well, let's let's move on to this idea of sacred reading, uh, and obviously this is going to be something that people more than likely are not super familiar yeah. with. And so give us some some background on how to utilize this other tool. Yeah, so this is a, a very old way of reading the scripture, and it's not, uh, there, there are kind of two, two camps of scripture reading, um, and both are important. And I think both are, are good for us to engage in. One is reading the Bible, the entire thing, over a short amount of time. So reading the Bible in a year, or reading the Bible in two years, um, or even some people, you know, read the Bible in six months. I mean, it's, you know, it's very, it's a short amount of time, and they read the whole thing. It's very intense. So when you do that, you're reading large passages, large sections of Scripture, and you're not necessarily concerned about dwelling on the details, right? You're just trying to get the whole picture and you're trying to do that. The goal is to do that over your whole lifetime. That's a fruitful and a good way of reading the scripture. So I would encourage people to do that. Um, but if that's your only diet of scripture, um, you may have the big picture, but you've missed um, you've missed a lot of details that can be really fruitful. So Lectio Divina, I think, is a really good way of engaging in a very small amount of scripture. So this is going to be more of a devotional way of, of reading. And so many of our devotionals, um, like um, our daily bread or any other devotional you might use, it's going to feel kind of like this. Um, and actually, you know, many ways, the way the, the authors who write those devotionals may have used a similar pattern to kind of dwell on a very small amount of scripture. Um, so Lectio Divina, or sacred reading, is a very old way of reading. And there are four steps in sacred reading uh, or Lectio Divina. The first one is read. The second one is think. The third step is pray. And the fourth step is, is contemplation. Um, and so they have fancy Latin words. Um, and it's kind of hip and in vogue to talk about Lectio Divina and to use those Latin words. But I, we're not going to do that because that's silly. Um, so read, think, pray, and then contemplate. Um, or this could also, you could also say be changed, right? Uh, transformation might be another thing about that fourth one. And we'll talk about that here. So pretty, basically what this is, um, and we'll just look at, uh, Mark 16, the, the first verse, uh, this is taking one verse or one, even one section of one verse and then spending time thinking about it. So Mark 16 verse one says when the Sabbath was over. This is uh, the empty tomb. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Um, that's the one verse. Super simple. 
nothing um there's nothing particularly uh earth shattering in that passage um but what we're doing when we do Lectio Divina is that as you read that passage, um, you can do one verse, you can do two verses, you can do four verses, whatever it is, but a shorter a shorter amount. Um, you would read that, and then you would reread it, and you would reread it. And when something jumps out at you, um, that's when you would go to the next step. So here, um, as I was kind of thinking about how to prepare to, to talk about this, the thing that jumped out to me is that the women brought spices so they could go on Jesus' dead body. Uh, so that of bringing spices to um, this person they thought was dead, that kind of jumped out at me. Um, so then you would spend some time thinking about it. Uh, this could be a good opportunity to use a commentary, uh, to um, listen. Um, you know, I don't know, you could Google uh, maybe a, a teaching, a Bible study, a, or a sermon on this passage. Uh, but just spend some time thinking about this verse. So why would they bring spices to Jesus? Why are they doing this? Well, and then you would find out, you would find the context of that. During the Sabbath, they aren't able to do any works. They weren't able to go and care for the body. So on Sunday morning, they went to the body to anoint it with spices so that it didn't stink as much. Because chances are they had him in the tomb, um, and they would probably end up burying him somewhere else. Uh, possibly so uh, they wanted to make sure he didn't he didn't smell bad um, when they did that so they were bringing spices to him to to do this and and you would be and, and you could think about this and and try to extrapolate it um, a little bit more that they they loved and cared for Jesus so much that they were willing to even after his death they were willing to go and become ritually unclean by touching his body to make sure that he's cared for in the best way possible. Uh, they, they, they loved Jesus so much that they are willing to become ritually and religiously unclean, uh, which they, they could become clean after this, of course, but they were willing to become unclean in order to um, care and attend to Jesus. And so then um, you can reflect on that, right? This is all the thinking process. You can reflect on that. Um, would I, would I, am I the kind of person that would do that for Jesus? Uh, would I be willing to suffer being unclean um, in order to attend Jesus? And then you can think about the fact that it's Jesus's dead body. So, you know, this ultimately, this passage ultimately led me to think um, when Jesus seems like he's dead, when he seems to be far away, when he seems to be inactive, Am I still bringing him um, good things? Am I still attending to him and pursuing him, even when it seems like he's not active in my life? Uh, that ultimately is where this passage led me. Uh, after that process of thinking and you know doing some study and that kind of stuff, um, so I would encourage you to get a commentary if you can. Uh, my favorite kind of one volume lay level commentary is the NIV compact commentary. It's just a little book and you can carry it around with your Bible. Um, and it, it has good explanations of almost verse by verse, but it's, it's kind of section by section, but he breaks up the sections pretty small. Um, and so that might be a good place to start because he'll give you some background information and then you can begin to dwell on it. Uh, so this ultimately led me to think, okay, there are times 
that Jesus seems, and this is, it's getting real personal, right? So this isn't trying to be, this is not good Bible study. This is reflective, meditative thinking about the passage. So this isn't what, um, which is a really important thing that we do in Bible study. Uh, so this particular goal, the goal of Lectio Divina is not like Pastor Phil's Bible study. There's a place for that. We need real Bible study. Uh, we need to be precise and exact when we are interpreting the Bible, um, but there is a place for us to do it devotionally, which is we already do. A lot of us already do that uh, through our daily bread or whatever. And so then it can get real personal, right? So, okay, so there are times in my life that Jesus seems dead. Am I willing to bring him uh, spices? Am I willing to attend to him um, even when he doesn't seem like he's active in my life? And then I'm, of course, faced with the fact that there are times where he is obviously active in my life and I know it and I still don't attend to him as much as I should. Right. So there's, it, it leads me into the space of, uh, I want forgiveness. And I also want, I want to be the kind of person that pursues Jesus, um, even when he seems far off. Um, so then that next step would lead us into prayer where I can go to God and he has given us promises to forgive us our sins. So in this case, it's easy. I pray and I and I confess um, that I am not as faithful as these women, uh, that I uh, want to be as faithful as these women, uh, that I want to be the kind of person who um, it pursues and attends and cares um, about Jesus and for Jesus, uh, even when he doesn't seem like he's active. So that would lead me into this prayer time. And then um, in that prayer, uh, the, the idea of complication uh, of contemplation, this fourth one, um, it's historically it's been uh, action. So I need to like it's like an obedience thing, which is kind of like defeats the purpose. Right? <laughs> You've had this moment with God through the scriptures and then it's like now you better go shape up um, that contemplation. So. Luther actually changed the last one to struggle. So he kind of reordered it. He said, prayer, read, struggle. I like the fourfold. I just like to put struggle instead of contemplation, that now we are called to, um, despite the temptation to forget about what we've prayed about, to forget about what we've read, to forget about the time that we had, the time that we spent with Jesus, um, we are now called to struggle through uh, and to, to fight for uh, the thing that we've just learned. So we keep it in our mind, keep it in our heart, um, carry it with us throughout the day. And all this is, is just one one little small thing that we can take with us throughout the day. So it's not, um, not a big, grandiose way of Bible study. This is just a way to meditate and, and think about the scriptures devotionally. And then we carry that one thing with us throughout the day. Um, so that's Lectio Divina, sacred reading. Read, think, pray, and then struggle is kind of the one that I, uh, I, I use Luther's language there of like, we take that thing with us through the day and uh, we struggle with it. We try to uh, kind of infuse that into all the ways and all the things that we're doing throughout our day. Yeah, that was really good. Hopefully, um, you guys all got something out of this. I know you already did, but uh, hopefully you can be disciplined this week to put it into practice. I mean, we all have been told by President Trump that he's hoping to open us up by Easter. I think for most, most of us, we're not actually viewing that as a realistic thing with the spread of this deal. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, uh, you know, we all expect that to change. We all expect our lives, even if we try to go back to normal, to be impacted for a long time right. and, and uh, people's lives and health to be impacted. So what a better time to deepen, deepen our prayer life and to care for people and to right. uh, whether it's using the Psalms or these tools or the Echo app or whatever it might be to really care for people and love people and pray for our states, our, our leaders, our friends, our nation and our world who are being ravaged by this and, and pray that uh, God does what God does, which is take something bad and turn it into something good to be a, a place and a space where people will maybe acknowledge their, their mortality and turn to God. Mm. And, you know, this whole Lenten journey, we start off with Ash Wednesday, which is, Hey uh-huh. God, I know I'm, I'm fragile and I'm going to die. And we, and we go through how, how poignant this year. Yeah, yeah, we go through that practice and we don't think much about it until it becomes so very real, like it's happening right now. But the reality is every every day is like this. Every day we take our cars out and we might not make it through the day and and there's there's death all around us. We don't like mm-hmm. to talk about it or think about it, but there's death all around us. And so to take the time that we're given, this moment, whether we're at home or or in a frenzy, to deepen our prayer life and to pray and connect with our Heavenly Father wants to walk through us through all these fears and concerns and and realities and so uh, praise God that we have tools to deepen our faith praise God that we can go to him as not only our king but also our father and so we just hope this week that your faith is deepened that your prayer life is deepened and that no matter what happens to us as a nation or a world or what happens to us personally that you continue to deepen your walk with Christ through a deepening prayer life. And so I've been Pastor Ben, and and with me as always is Pastor Eric, and we hopefully this has been uh, technically something of quality um, because yeah. we are doing this from our homes, and so there might be some glitches along the way, uh, but hopefully this will speak to you guys today, uh, whatever you're doing. And uh, we just pray that God will walk, walk with you every step of your journey. All right, we will see you guys next week.